Welcome to Carnage at Ringside Wrestling Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Anchor Podcast, the only way to podcast. If you ever want to start your own podcast for free, Anchor has a great selection, a great library, and great tools to help you with everything you need. Welcome to the show. I'm Dustin. This is Jake. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, we are going to hit you on our timeline with WWE Ruthless Aggression Era. So we've covered pretty much a, a good bit of... Yeah, man. Um, like I said, we've covered a lot. I mean, if you think about it, we kind of went back to like, you know, like 96, the Outsiders yeah. jumping. We covered like Montreal. We even covered the early um, 90s, too. Yeah, with Brett, covered the early Brett 90s. Sean yeah, we you know, went into the Undertaker. early 90s. Undertaker, you know, Attitude Era. So we're just kind of rolling right along, right into the, really the last big boom period that uh, WWE's had. Yes. Um, as far as good ratings, because ever, ever since the, you know, um, the PG era, mm-hmm. merchandise was good, but the ratings was coming down. The audience wasn't there. They, a lot of them left. So this is one of the last big, great periods of, of WWE. Exactly. This was, it was an interesting time, too. Um, I actually recently went back and watched the Ruthless Aggression era documentary on oh, the yeah, network. Oh, yeah, the five-part series? Yes. Yeah. Very good. Um, and they even talk about it in that, how it was just a different time. The the state of the business was, now that WCW was gone, yeah. there was no competition. Yeah, there was no competition. The whole thought process was, what's next? Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of superstars were on edge because... Some of them are struggling to get TV time now. Like you see, some of the stuff in Attitude they may have gotten five minutes, yeah, right, out yeah. of a two-hour show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and maybe ten minutes on SmackDown, which was another you know two hours. But now it's like with the influx of talent coming from mm-hmm. WCW and ECW, it was like, oh, like you know, who's going to get the, the the TV time now? Yeah, exactly. Because like you said, I mean, we had. You know, three different wrestling companies. Of course, ECW. You know, they was the smallest one, but they they was recognized. They had a lot of stars. They had a hardcore following. No, yeah. no pun intended on the hardcore. But they <laughs> they did have a great following. Um, and like you said, now WCW's closed. You know, ECW is right behind it. So now you got all that talent from both coming to one company. Oh yeah. Um, it, it did. It was hard to find your spot. You really had to step up, and we'll talk about some of those guys that stepped up throughout this. Oh, yeah, definitely. So let's go ahead and set the tone. We are at WrestleMania 18. Mm-hmm. We had just finished up the invasion. Yeah, the invasion's and done. Rick Flair and Vince McMahon are co-owners. Yeah, Flair came back out. Um, you know, Vince bragging about how he was the majority owner. He or was the, the king. Owner. He, he was, was the, the king. king. And then uh, Flair came out there and talked about how he bought Shane and Stephanie stock. Vince just yeah. had a rough 2001. <laughs> he, he comes out there. He had a rough time from like 97 on. He Oh, yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of those gray hairs were from Austin. Um, it, it's just funny how he comes out right after WCW goes out of business. And he's like, I'm the king of pro wrestling. Yeah. You know, I bought my competition. Mm-hmm. And then Shane McMahon's like, no. I bought yeah. WCW. So then he has to deal with that all year. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, he puts the alliance out of business. WCW is buried for good. I'm the king of pro wrestling. Yeah. And then Ric Flair comes out. No, brother, I own half your company. Like, poor Vince. Yeah, it was, I mean, it made for some great TV. Oh, Flair, great. Flair and Vince crash good. Um, um, end up having that extreme hardcore match at the Rumble. Oh, yeah. The street fight. Yeah. 
they so. they actually um the story goes that leading up to the draft they didn't know what to do um there was talks of uh, maybe you know cutting down a roster making an entirely new yeah. show they didn't know what to do and then finally the idea was pitched to um go ahead and split the rosters up they yeah. were going to do like a draft brand extension so raw was going to get its own superstars commentators mm-hmm. right an entire roster smackdown was going to have its own entire roster and they would even have kind of like head writers were going to be over yeah i mean show. the idea was you know like going back to like you said wwe uh, they didn't have any competition Going back to the initial idea of the draft was just that. They could, you know, try to strengthen the shows with separate writers, mm-hmm. you know, and own announce make each show feel really special. Yeah. Um, you look at it now, I think, especially the last ten years or so, I think SmackDown's kind of always took the back seat to Raw. It has. Um, but in these days when they first did the draft, they really made both shows equal. They I did. Mean, you know, and I think we'll probably talk about it here in a little bit, but I think um there may have been some jealousy in the company because Raw was the flagship program. It was. And we'll talk about SmackDown was winning ratings there for a it while was. during this time. Um, to basically give you an idea of what we're looking at. So, Raw was the top show. The flagship show. Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. SmackDown was the minor show. Um, SmackDown was like the Sunday Night Heat. Right. You know, so when they were like, this is going to be equal to Raw... Mm-hmm. Um, so of course we, we split up the commentators, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Cole and Taz go to SmackDown King and, um, JR, JR stay mm-hmm. on raw and, uh, the rosters, they did like a, 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 a traditional draft. Yeah. McMahon had a pick, Flair had a pick, yeah, McMahon what, had a pick, Flair what, had a pick. What's some of your, uh, memories from that first initial draft? Cause it was pretty groundbreaking. It was. Um, um I really liked the concept of it. There were a lot of fans that didn't know what was going to happen. Um, who was going to end up where. Yeah. Some fans were very upset when they realized, oh, wait a second, mm-hmm. I have to watch SmackDown in order to see The Rock. Yeah, and a lot of people didn't get UPN. Yeah. UP, I mean, this is what SmackDown was on at the time, because I was one of them. I didn't get I'm UPN. I'm sure you was too. Yeah. Um, you know, where we're at, um, we didn't get UPN, and nobody near us got it. It's not like we could even go to a buddy's house. It just wasn't mm-hmm. in our area. So a lot of people was upset. They're like, you know, I, I, USA was on a much and TNN when they went to TNN too was on a much wider stage than yeah. UPN was. My my b- biggest memory from that was just the curiosity as a fan. It was, yeah. Um, I was curious as to how everything was going to play out because the way they did it, they set up, they built up for future storylines. Mm-hmm. Some of them never took place, but it was like, uh, you know, McMahon's first pick was The Rock. Yeah. Okay. Well, The Rock and McMahon hated each other. Yeah. And they even played off of that that mm-hmm. night. And then Flair's first pick was The Undertaker. The Undertaker. Well, which they hated each they other. They hated each other, yeah. They had just had a, a... Basically, Flair nearly died at WrestleMania 18. <laughs> yeah, he took a beat. Um, so, and, and also, like, Flair drafted the NWO yeah. and, and stuff. Um, of course, one of my favorite moments was when Kurt got on the McMahon about hurting his feelings. Yeah, because he didn't one. get him number one. <laughs> Kurt was always getting his feelings hurt. Oh, 
That was great. It I was loved great. it. He Kurt, played it so well. Kurt was was just entertaining. He was. Um, but that that was just the the biggest mo- memory for me was that, the curiosity. Too, was the curiosity, and I I was curious too if they would bring in new stars with it too. They didn't in the initial part of it, but as we went on, we did. We we end up getting like Goldberg came mm-hmm. in on the Raw brand and things like yep. that. But I, I'm like you. The biggest thing I, I remember, you know, Austin at the point at this time at the moment is taking his ball and went home. He uh, was still there. It was just he, yeah, he wasn't part of the draft. Yeah, because his contract says that he could sign with anybody. That's what it was. But he hasn't left yet. It was like two months later that he That's just when he, he took it. his ball and left. That's right. I remember he, they'd made up like a storyline. He had a contract, couldn't be drafted. He could yeah. sign. That's what it was. But um, I'm like you. It was the pure curiosity of the first draft. You know, how was they going to do? Was they going to bring in new stars? Um, it was just it was total suspense, and it, it worked really great. It did. Um, and you know, not to take up too much time on the draft, uh, this this is definitely going to be um, as we we look through the first part of the ruthless mm-hmm. aggression era, which we'll look from like, 2004 yeah. or 2002 to 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, when I go back and watch the draft now, I noticed that they had been trying to keep the dominance of Raw. They did. Yeah, they, um, they did because I mean, um, you know, Triple H would end up being drafted to Raw too, I believe, right off the bat. Yeah, well, no, 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 no tri- he drafted he to was, SmackDown. No, Triple H was a part of the Triple Threat match at the the end for the univer- or for the undisputed title. Uh, yeah, so him, Chris Jericho, and Stephanie weren't eligible to be drafted because of that. Yeah, because Triple H was uh, undisputed champion. Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, which that was the first on both time show. they said the champion be on both shows. Yeah, that was the first yeah. time a female had fought for the undisputed. Mm-hmm. The, the title too because Stephanie was in that match. Yeah. So, um, but it was like they were trying to keep the dominance mm-hmm. of Raw by you know putting all the stars, and then SmackDown was like the future show. Yeah. Because you had stars like Edge, Benoit, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie, R- Eddie, um, RV, Mysterio, I think RVD, RVD. Uh, Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. like the guys that were gonna be within the next few years, stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jericho Lesnar. was Jericho was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like they were trying to build up SmackDown as still equal, but that was where the future stars yeah. went. So moving forward, um, we have around the summer of two thousand and two, mm-hmm. we have phenomenal. Uh, feuds, you know, Triple H and Undertaker have some great stuff. Yeah, they had some really good matches um, there. Hogan and Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lesnar and and uh, I think The Rock even collided early before they had their SummerSlam. Before they had the SummerSlam, because Lesnar um, was still up and coming in the early part. Yeah, you know, they had they had a match on Raw. Spring, yeah. They had a match on Raw and it really opened a lot of fans' mm-hmm. eyes. And I think it it pushed. Vince McMahon into the wow, this guy's actually legit. Yeah, you know he's he's a real deal. So we have some good feuds, and then I want to go ahead and move forward before we backtrack just a little bit to cover some of those feuds. We get the ruthless aggression promo by Vince. By Vince, yeah, he comes out there and says, "I need him looking for someone with ruthless aggression." It doesn't he have the superstars at ringside? And yes, stuff? yeah, and he changes a format which I really like. He he introduces a general manager mm-hmm. for each show. And I mean, him and Flair were technically like the general managers, um, but they were more of like a well, commissioner type role. Wasn't it too though? Um, didn't um, 
Vince or Flair had a match with somebody. And, if and he, he lost And it. if he lost, he lost his role on Raw as the co-owner and all went to Vince. Yeah. And then that's when Vince came up with the uh, <laughs> the general manager. Yeah, because he introduced mm-hmm. uh, Eric Bischoff, went to Raw. Oh, man, that was... That was explosive. Just, just to hit on that real quick, I don't think anybody saw that coming. You know, um, that was kept very hush-hush, which at the time, the, the internet world wasn't as big as it is now. You didn't get all, you know, all the spoilers and stuff like that. But that was huge bringing in uh, Bischoff. Um, I don't think anybody saw that coming. And JR even said it on a commentary. He's like, I used to sit at this desk and Vince McMahon would wish death upon Eric Bischoff. Exactly. You know, um, and then here they're hugging on the stage. That just goes to show you Vince is the type of guy that, you know, he'll – if there's business to be done, yeah. he's going to set his personal differences well, aside. Well, Vince even said in an interview one time, there, he, there was like, why would you hire Bischoff? He was your, you know, you guys were pure enemies. And Vince is like, well, if it would have went the other way and WCW would have won, he's like, I would like to think maybe they'd offer me a job. Yeah. That says a lot. It does. You know, so, um, and Eric had a great run. Uh, he did. He comes in and it has an immediate impact. Mm-hmm. They tried to freshen it up. If you go back and you look at some of those shows from the early parts mm-hmm. of this this time, it still had that attitude feel to it. Well, it did. It did. You know, and the and we've talked about it before a little bit. The attitude era and the ruthless aggression era kind of, you know, they kind of merged and blend in, mm-hmm. and then the attitude era just kind of slowly faded, and the ruthless aggression just kind of carried on the same kind of concept, but toned down maybe just a bit. It was it was interesting. I feel like when Eric Bischoff showed up. And Stephanie McMahon became mm-hmm. GM of SmackDown. It really started to feel different. It started to feel like a fresh product it because did. now we're getting something new. We are, which yeah. uh, Brock Lesnar won the Undisputed Champion. Yeah, well, we're going into SummerSlam um, 02, and um, which was one of the best SummerSlams. It was. We had the return of Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Triple H fought in the unsanctioned man, match. Stole the show. I mean, Brock and Rock was great, and the fans kind of... All the fans were into picked, that. Yeah. They picked Rock for... Or Brock to be their guy, you know. I think a lot of them knew Rock was on his way out, too. And the fans still loved the Rock, but they knew he was leaving soon. Oh, yeah. The... You know. Brock Lesnar, when you go back and you the crowd reaction for Brock yeah. Lesnar was insane. Yeah. They knew he was going to be the next guy. Yeah, he he was steamrolling over you know everybody that summer. Um, and like we said, we talked about Triple H and Sean there. We're starting Triple H's heel run now. Yeah, you know when he came back from injury, he you was know, faced. He was faced. The crowd wanted him back. <clears throat> they was ready for the game to be back, and they really loved him. But Triple H at that time, he he was meant to be a heel. He was, and and we'll, we'll we'll kick on some of his heel stuff coming up. Yeah, we're getting to it. Yeah. We're getting to it. So we're gonna go ahead and um, I mean, because um, there's there's some there's some good stuff about the summer of two thousand two, but we've already covered a good bit of it. Yeah. Um. So Eric Bischoff decides to bring back the world heavyweight championship, yes. the big gold belt. Yes. And that was the top, which I like that well, idea. Yeah, that storyline came up because Brock took the Universal title, and he's like, I ain't working on Raw. Yeah. He's like, I'm, and Stephanie signed me to SmackDown, that's where I'm going, and Bischoff's like, I'm it was a an, champion. It was an exclusive contract. Yeah. So that became the WWE champion mm-hmm. on SmackDown. SmackDown. And left Raw without a world title. So he um, rewards it to Triple H. Yeah, he rewards mm-hmm. it to Triple H, and Triple H 
is now in that that heel run. Oh, he's he's hot into the heel he's, run. He's hot, and a lot yeah. of people are like got a target on his back. So we start to see the early stages of evolution. We do, and I think that kind of put a target on Triple H's back from the fans too. Of course, we all know the fans out there. Um, you know, Triple H. You know, he marries way in the company. Blah 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 blah. Um, you know, Triple H is his, his athleticism stuff speaks for itself. Exactly. Um, but yeah, he got rewarded the title, put a target on his back. Nobody liked it. Um, and there were some great angles coming up. Like you said, we're getting ready to kick off Evolution, which is a huge part of the Ruthless Aggression. Era. Oh yeah, that produced uh, two um, future stars it for did. the company. Yeah, um, kicked Flair's career back. In it too. did. You know, it Flair did. was on his last legs. He felt like he wasn't the nature boy anymore. He felt he was done. They even talk about that in yeah, the documentary. Yeah, and Triple H is like, listen, you're you're Rick freaking Flair. Yeah. So, you know. Um. So, we go into... The, the, another thing that I like about the rivalry between Steph and Eric was they competed against each other. They did. It, it literally mm-hmm. felt like a competition because they would they even... In 2002, they still had the... Each show, mm-hmm. pay per view was was uh, no separate, yeah, from each other. Or no, no they were still together. Yeah, they were still together. Yeah, still together, yeah. And you would always see Eric and Stephanie mm-hmm. trying to outdo each other. Yeah, backstage segments or um, whatever. Yeah. And you know there was one where uh, I remember watching one Raw where um, there was a, a promo for SmackDown that aired. Mm-hmm. You know, and Eric Bischoff runs into the TV truck and he's like, "Kevin Dunn, how dare you play that?" Yeah, Kevin Dunn's I like that. Yeah. Kevin Dunn's like I don't know what you're, I I, can't, I didn't help you. That's not me. That's that's um, yeah. you know, that was just a, that was a commercial. And he's like, oh, how dare she buy you know advertising on my show? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, that's what made it feel really special. So we go into late 2002, mm-hmm. and we have some hot stuff. We do, like we said, Brock, uh, Brock's a champion. Mm-hmm. Um, Taker has been traded from Raw to SmackDown. Yes. And that's we get an awesome feud there too. Oh up. yeah, awesome! An awesome feud between Brock and Undertaker. It was just amazing. Well, I mean, it helped set up Lesnar's career so much. You know, Taker once again, you know, helping build a star. You know, not saying no to a job because Lesnar pretty much got two straight wins over him. He did. Their first match was Unforgiven, and it, um, you know, it went to a no decision. But mm-hmm. um, they made Lesnar look strong, but they also made Lesnar look like he was finally human. Yeah. Because he never been challenged like he was with Undertaker. I mean, Undertaker put some knots on his head. He did. You know, because Brock was so dominant. And they're like, now they're like, well, maybe this guy's, he, he can be beat. Yeah. But yet, Brock still came out on top. Oh, yeah. It was magic. It made Brock look like a legit star. Like, you went toe-to-toe with the Undertaker. That was. Took a beating. And you're still a champion. That's though. what they needed. Yeah. Um, and and, and like, like we were saying earlier, this was a time when WWE really had to create new stars. They did. Um, you know, The Rock was gone. Rock was gone. Austin was gone. Yeah, I mean, Rock comes back for that short feud with Goldberg. But that was it. I mean, Rock's gone. Yeah. Him and Austin kind of had like a small thing. Yeah. Leading up to WrestleMania 19. 19. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, it's, it was different because yeah. you knew The Rock wasn't The Rock. Yeah. It, it felt more like a special guest appearance by Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Um, And Austin had hit his peak. He, he was on. He was on the back burner of his career. Um, he was. He was. I mean, he was. You know, he was coming down off his. You know, his mountain of being on top from the Attitude Era. He was on fire in the Attitude Era, and now it just kind of felt like 
maybe the flame died out a little bit. But he came like he was just another main eventer instead of the main event. Yeah. That's what he and Austin will admit to. He didn't take too kindly to it. He he didn't. Know, he knew he was winding down neck issues and things like that. But um, and you know that's one reason he he walked out. You know, but he did come back. Mm-hmm. Um. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit, too, because we got the amazing storyline of the co-general managers. Oh, my goodness, yes. We'll definitely hit on some of that. Um, um, We'll hit on that after the break. But leading up to that, man, we we actually had a lot of good ideas come out of that time. Like, you know, uh, of course, the brand extension, Mm -hmm. the the two world champions to lead the company. And for the longest time, it felt like the World Heavyweight Championship was just more important. It was. um, You know, and... one thing, too, about that, um, you know, you had JR on commentary, and he really bragged up the, the big gold belt. He did. He talked about the history of, you know, the Harley races and, you know, the Ric Flairs and, you know, Ricky Steamboat, all the guys that held that belt, you know, Sting. Sting. He really talked about the big gold belt and built the history around it. You know, they didn't call it the WCW title, obviously, but yeah. um, it was the same title those guys held, and it yeah. had a, a lot of um, history behind it. It did, and it felt like it was just – more important yeah. and i like the fact that they introduced that because it made sense mm-hmm. you know wcw guy coming in right. running the show he yeah. brings that belt back and it's it's like it has established history mm-hmm. where they don't have to create an entire new belt exactly yeah um, it that are. doesn't have anything yeah, it doesn't which, have any history like we're kind of getting we got the universal title exactly um and that's that's one thing too that i wanted to to touch on because we had a, a, a brand extension what four years ago yeah 2016 mm-hmm and at that time, it didn't seem like the only competition we got from that was, well, Shane and Stephanie hate each other. Well, that, that, and that's the thing. Um, Vince, the, the ratings are so bad these days. They tried the brand extension thinking it would bring ratings, but you know I've read this numerous times online. Anytime they try a brand extension, they always try something different. Wild card rule, which was an absolute joke. Oh, yeah. And what it is, Vince – is trying to merge the stars so he can keep ratings. He feels now that if he's got, you know, two or three big stars on one show and don't appear on the other show, then he ain't going to get any ratings. Yeah. Plus, USA never threw a fit when they put Roman Reigns on. They did. SmackDown were. They did. That was supposedly the franchise guy yeah, and going the to the B show. off your A show, yeah. Yeah. So. But going back to Ruthless Aggression, um, the competition just felt fresh. It was just something different. Fans were really getting into yeah. it. Yeah. We even we, we go into Survivor Series 02, we get the Elimination Chamber. Oh man. Fantastic uh, idea. Yeah, you know, Sean returns once again, you know, because they the end of the match. You know, it was supposed to be a one deal with Sean at SummerSlam. Yeah. He was coming back to see if he could still do it. Fans loved it. Fans loved it, and Sean was like, you know, maybe, maybe I can do this again. And of course he does win that match. But the Elimination Chamber, um, it was, it was man. I didn't know what to think of it when they showed it that night in Madison Square Garden. The 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 first interpretation because they're like an elimination chamber. I'm like, a what? Yeah, it sounded like a horrible WCW gimmick match. It did. It did really sound like <laughs> like it. Titan of Towers. Or oh something. my goodness, yeah. something like that from like WCW '93 or something. I thought it was going to be like a, a you know, remember <laughs> WCW had like the four cages. Yeah. I was yeah. like, man, I thought it was going to be something corny, yeah. and I'm like... Plus, you had Bischoff introducing it, and I'm like, oh, God, uh, he's got it, into Vince's head or something. Yeah, but the structure, when they first introduced it, was like, oh. Yeah. It was kind of like when they first introduced the Hell in a Cell, and you're like, 
wow, what's this? You know, it's an entire steel structure. They got yeah. these pods that they're going to be in. What so a, it was interesting to see how they worked it at first. One of my favorite lines from that um, for that Illumination Chamber, uh, they kept they kept talking about how the pe- the plexiglass was like bulletproof, like oh, it's bulletproof glass, bulletproof glass. And Kane just slams Jericho through it. <laughs> and Jerry Laws on commentary is like, well, might be bulletproof, but it's not Kane proof. <laughs> I'm like, that is great. Yes. So, but it was a, it was a great match, and um, you know, Triple H got seriously injured in that match too. He did and wrestled wrestled the whole match. He did. He couldn't breathe. He even continued to wrestle pretty much afterwards. Yeah. Um, because he, I don't think he really took too much. He missed time like off. two weeks off. Yeah, that was it. And he was right back at it. Man, it just goes to show you the dominance. Of Triple the H. dominance, the the dedication. Um, you know, going back to his quad injury too. A lot of guys would be like, "Yeah, I'm hurt. I'm out." Yeah. And Jericho was like, you, you're hurt. You want to do this spot on the table. And he's like, just do it. The game is, you know, he goes by the game and it's the perfect nickname for him because he, that's what he is. He is the game. Yeah. So, There's, yeah. Um, so going back, um, before we get to, before we take a break, we'll start on 2003 and then mm-hmm. into 04. It really felt because. 2003 to 04 was kind of like, actually, excuse me, 2004 was like the first year we really felt like they were building new stars on Raw. Yes. Because 2002, 2003, they really relied on a lot of the older guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, Triple H was your dominant champion. Triple H was the established guy, which at that time when, you know, Taker was on SmackDown, Mm -hmm. Rock's gone, Austin's gone. Triple H was the guy they, they re- relied on. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, is, we'll hit on some of that because we'll talk about some of the guys that he supposedly buried during this time. Yeah. You know. uh, just because RVD didn't get the championship exactly. and doesn't mean he got buried. RVD admits he's like, I wasn't ready for the title at that but, time. Exactly. Or Booker T. Nobody wanted Booker T as champion. That was, I mean, I thought Booker T <laughs> was a fantastic superstar. I really enjoyed his heel run. Um, later on as King later on as King yeah. Booker but as Booker T he he wasn't it was it, if I had turned on Raw and seen Booker T as world champion I'd probably turn it right back off <laughs> wow what a wow what I'm a, just, what I, a res- statement I, I respect Booker T but he's not world championship material I mean W State went out of business after he won the title a few times that's true Booker T is a middle card guy and you know to upper main event and that's really always been his whole career. That's how I feel like a lot of the current rosters. It like, is. There, there are a lot of mid-carders. But yeah. anyway, we're going to go ahead and take a break and uh, hear from our sponsor. And then when we come back, we'll pretty much touch up on 03, 04. Yeah, we'll touch up on 03 and 04, talk about the introduction of Goldberg um, coming in in 03. The last, the, last, the last bout between Rock and Austin. The last well, bout between um, Rock and Austin. And then a lot of, some of the other... You know, old yeah. old guys that mm-hmm. came in, um, like Steiner, Kevin Nash, Kevin Nash, and um, Steiner. <laughs> that's your favorite, Steiner math. Steiner math. All right, so we'll go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, Dustin and Jake. Here we are covering the ruthless aggression era, and before the break, uh, we touched up on 2002, the brand extension, yeah. elimination chamber, elimination chamber, all that stuff. Now we're in 2003, mm-hmm. and 2003 really felt like the first year of ruthless aggression. It did, it did. Um, you know, we're really the attitude there is pretty much done. That you know, f- uh, freight phrase or whatever. We're really into the ruthless aggression now. Yes. Um, and we get the introduction of uh, evolution. Yes. Um, so evolution just kind of comes on the scene and it was really like 
For, yeah, Orton had been on Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton. He got hurt. He kept yeah. doing those Randy Orton updates. Remember oh, I loved that? him. I loved him. It was. It was. My dad hated him. He's like, oh, there's that freaking cowboy Orton son. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can I can imagine your dad saying yeah, that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he was really picking up heat. I'm sure a lot of other people's like that. Like, God, this is annoying. I hate this guy. The um, one of my favorite and Batista came in at first as Deacon Batista which with was, Reverend Devon. We ain't even touching on that, but he came to Raw and was pretty dominant. One of my favorite moments of the Randy update was when, <laughs> um, of course, you know how Je- or, uh, Jerry Lawler was on commentary. Yeah, he's like, oh my God, it's Randy Orton. Yeah, so uh, it was around the time in, in 2003, Jericho and uh, Michaels yeah. were out in the ring doing their their whole bit. Yes. And um, they were talking about, you know, their match upcoming mm-hmm. at the Royal Rumble. Phenomenal match. Um, and Randy comes out. Yeah, I Rand- remember this. And Randy's like, comes out there and he's like, just to let everyone know, you know, I'm giving an update on my shoulder. I'm at 93%. 93%. And Jerry Lawler was like, wow, JR, you hear that? 93%. 93%, yes. <laughs> um, that was just uh, Randy Orton's early stuff, man. He, he yeah. was good. He was catching heat. He had some comedic relief. More annoying than anything, but he was catching heat. So it was a perfect fit to put him in Evolution. It was. And um, then, you know, Dave, uh, you know, Batista came in as the powerhouse. Which the story of Evolution, uh, of course, we already talked about Triple H mm-hmm. and Flair. Yeah. Well, Triple H had come up with this idea of what if we do like a four horseman type staple yeah yeah a modernized version and everything yeah and flair liked it they approached vince vince wasn't a big fan of stables Mm -hmm. but i I think vince had seen the past success like with dx and and stuff which then the attitude era had a lot of staples they did yeah so vince is like okay we can give this a try this is good and he chose orton because he knew Orton wanted success. He did, and he, he planned for it and had success. Yeah, um, and he knew that Orton just oozed like charisma, and charisma and potential. Yeah. He was going to be a, a star one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we uh, he he gets Orton involved, and then originally they tried to get um, who was the one kid they tried to get Jindrak. Yeah, Mark Jindrak. Well, they originally Batista was the original choice, but if you remember right right when they got started, Batista got hurt. That's right, he did. Batista got hurt twice. And they brought in Jindrak. Because um what it was, they started evolution and we got Steiner that came in, Scott Steiner, and they had the match at the Rumble. Yeah. And shortly after that, Batista got hurt. He did. And he was out. And right before he's ready to come back, he got hurt again. That's right. He did re- training. Re aggravated. And um you know, they they was at the point where they was gonna move on from Batista. They're like, maybe this ain't it. Yeah. And that's when they started because they hadn't they haven't filmed the uh, the, the, vid- the videos of them coming off the helicopter and stuff. Because Jindrak said he's like they filmed some stuff with Jindrak. He's he like, going to be the replacement. He's like, I just mm-hmm. I was told to show up with a black suit. Yeah. And so he shows up, and Triple H is like, God, this guy because he yeah. he saw that Triple H wasn't big on him. He saw that. Orton was very serious, mm-hmm. but Jindrak was not. Yeah, Triple H went to Vince and was like, I don't think this is going to work. And Vince was like, well, at least film it and try it. And they did it, and Triple H went back to Vince. And he's like, I'd rather wait on Dave. He's like, I don't think it's going to work with, with yeah. Mark, which was, which was Jindrak. Yeah. Um, so they went ahead and flew Dave down, and he ended up doing the scenes afterwards. Still hurt, but he, yeah. he ended up becoming the 
Still in evolution. Um, which evolution? I mean, it, it took off. It really it took, did. It took off. It took off really fast. Um, like I said, Steiner came in, and even Triple H couldn't carry Steiner. Oh, there's yeah. And those two matches at Rumble and No Way Out. Oh, it was bad. It, it was bad. Steiner just Steiner. I think never was a great singles wrestler. Even if you go back and watch some of his uh, late WCW stuff when he went on his own. Um, he was just big. He was just big. Not not a lot of moves. Um, now him and his brother, they had it. They were. A good- I, I love the tag. The Steiner brothers. Um, I'll still say to this day. I mean, we'll probably do an episode on tag teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steiner brothers, this day is one of my favorite tag teams. I, I, think, I ranked them up with the Road Warriors almost. They were dominant. I think Scott. Um, Scott had like he was a he was a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. I think. In his younger days, like he he was yeah. very skilled. He was. Um, I think Frankensteiner was awesome. I think the the steroids just got to him. The steroids got to him, and I think he got to himself. He did thinking he was like you know main uh, event talent, and he, he wasn't. wasn't no. Yeah. So, but, so and his run at the top of WWE main event and lasted two pay per views. I'm very I'm very thankful for Steiner because of Steiner Math though. <laughs> Steiner Math is like one of my favorite promo, promos <laughs> TNA, of all time. Yeah. But, you only got a, a one sixty six and two thirds chance of winning this match. <laughs> yeah, it's like what? But uh, that, that's probably why we have scripted promos in this day. It's called uh. Scott Steiner. But um, so um, and then we're we're rolling into WrestleMania nineteen, which is one of my favorite manias of all time. Yes, it's it's technically the first mania of the Ruthless Aggression. I agree with that. Um, and there's been a lot of people say it had what well, it, it is. It Just is. face the facts. Yeah. Um. So we have so we have a pretty stacked card. Oh, it's one of the most stacked mania cards. Because we had uh, a, a showdown. People still talk about this match to this day, Jericho Michaels. Oh man, that was phenomenal. Uh, Jericho and Sean's always had amazing matches. Anytime they locked up, but man, that match at nineteen was it. It, it was great. It was off the hook. Um, we had the final showdown between Rock and Rock Austin, and Austin uh, which Hogan, was like the yeah. end of an era. Yep. Hogan um, came back, wrestled Vince. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was great. Him and Vince. Speaking of which, I want to just stroll back to 2002 because we forgot two significant moments. We forgot Get the F Out. Yeah, get one WWF and WWE. Huge. We forgot Get the F Out. And then we forgot Mr. America. Mr. America. Hulk Hogan, I know that's you, damn it. Take off the mask (laughs) and prove it. And then they have, like, Hogan on the Titan Tron and Mr. America in the ring. I can't be in two places, brother. And Vince would be like, you know, just that Vince McMahon face. And it was just... Remember the one episode where they did the lie detector test? Yes! And they they were like, the... and, and, And he, like, you know, he's hooked up and he's like... He's like, are you... Or the guy's like... Are you a WWE superstar, Hulk Hogan, or Mr. America's yes. like, yes. And Vince is like, all right, damn it, ask, ask him the question. question. <laughs> and he's like, if you're not going to ask the question, damn it, I'll ask it. He's like, are you Hulk Hogan? No. And it beeps like he's telling the truth. And yeah. he's like, son of a bitch. Vince is just, <laughs> he's pissed. And Vince, just being classic Vince, storming around the ring, like you said, took the mic from the guy. If you're not going to ask him, oh, damn it, I will. I like how he's like. He goes, all right. Hook the hook the sob up on me. <laughs> hook it up on me. I'll t- I'll tell you anybody could pass these things. We had Piper return for a quick we did for that too. We did. And we had um, you know. But he, he Vince just is like, uh, Hulk Hogan's like, if you're not gonna ask the question, brother, then I'll ask it. 
are you a dirty, slimy <laughs> son of a bitch? And he's like, well, no. And it and goes crazy. <laughs> Great stuff. No, we also forgot to talk about the Mr. McMahon uh, Kiss My Ass Club. We did. William Regal, the first Yeah. God, there's so many moments. Chapstick, because nobody, J.R. King's like, yeah, because nobody kisses Mr. McMahon's ass with chapped lips. My favorite part of that was when Vince takes his pants down. And Jarrah's like, oh my god, it's broken. <laughs> Jarrah's like, he's really going to take his pants down on live television. Jarrah's like, oh my god, it's broken. And King's like, yeah, there's a crack down the middle. Yes. <laughs> William Regal's face the whole time, just like, besmirched look on his face. Remember when Regal was like, sit like front facing and he's like you might want to get back here because that'd be a little impolite he's like yeah you don't want to poke your eye out <laughs> jerry <Lark. laughs> Vince is like what i can make my ass do tricks and watch this start and, and king loses it laughing on tricks. good stuff it was i mean i remember watching with my dad and he's oh. like oh my god <laughs> They had pushed so many boundaries with that segment. So, oh my! But getting God. back to more serious business, um, it, I mean that was a great moment in the ruthless aggression era. But we're, we're looking at WrestleMania 19, um, like you said, stack card. Um, we even had the main event was Brock. And, the main event was and Brock Kurt. and Kurt, which luckily Lesnar didn't break his neck, kill himself probably. Because man, that shooting star was it was rough. It was so. it was great though. It, it was, was great. Great. Um, so after WrestleMania 19, we're moving along. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we got Brock um, is the champion once again. He beats Kurt. Yes. Um, <clears throat> we're getting the introduction of uh, the Doctor. Doctor yeah. Thugonomics is coming up. Um, John Cena, which he would end up taking the uh, latter part, which we'll touch in part two of uh, the Ruthless Aggression by Storm. He did going into the PG era. He did. So. Um, Cena originally was, of course, prototype. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, made, his, made his debut in 2002. Um, interrupting Kurt Angle. Interrupting Kurt. Comes out there and has a phenomenal match with Kurt. Mm-hmm. Really shows that, hey, you know, like. Yeah, we, they talked about this a lot in the documentary series you um, talked about on WWE Network for $9.99 a month. <laughs> There's your cheap plug, Vince. Yeah, Vince uh, pay us for it would be good. But, um, right. <laughs> um, Give us free network subscriptions. <laughs> but uh, that'd be something. But um, Cena almost lost his job. He did because right after the Kurt Angle debut, he was he came out of the gates hot. But the character they had given him of him coming out in whatever town they was in with the sports collar trunks, yeah, wasn't it working. wasn't catching on. Um, there were a lot of people that were confused. Like, yeah, you know, they didn't catch on at first. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd be in Boston, he'd come out in red trunks, and yeah. no one really paid attention because they're like. It's just red trunks. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's coming out in the Red Sox jersey. Yeah. Like he would as a Dr. Thugonomics. Exactly. So, um, tell us the story about how he becomes a Dr. Thugonomics. Do you remember that? When he's on the bus with uh, yes. Stephanie in the SmackDown Yes. Bird? He was, at the time, <clears throat> he was like, I, I, I'm, I'm almost going to lose my job. Yeah. You know, he was like, I'm reaching and, and I'm trying different things and nothing's working. Nothing's working. So, he's like, uh... You know, I'm just sitting in the back, and and I'm just like freestyling. Yeah. You know, me and the boys are just freestyling. Lines. Yeah. You know, and he's like, I carried around this this portable Walkman. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm just sitting there uh, freestyling. To I I don't remember what it was. Tom probably Ray. Compton's Most Wanted or something like that. But <laughs> but he um, and Stephanie hears him. Yeah. 
and and they get off the bus and stephanie's like hey what was that back there and yeah. he said what do you mean yeah, well, and just, and she's like the freestyling yeah. you know what what was that and he's like oh that's just what yeah, we do just nothing really it's what we do yeah it's the time you know he's like i, I grew up doing that yeah you and know and all of a sudden stephanie's just like can you do it on tv can you do it on tv and john's like i guess there it goes and there man the rest is history and and it was really cool because like the doctor thugonomics was something fresh very fresh uh man he had some he had some great one-liners he did um i mean him and big show had some good stuff especially when when big show tried to to out rap battle him yes he came out in the hat and everything (laughs) kurt did the same thing too the same thing yeah oh man but but john really was something special you just didn't know how they were going to utilize it yet Mm. because you know when no one's no one's doing this and and they're coming out he's coming out there and he's like you know baggy jean shorts Mm -hmm. wearing the sports jerseys of the hometown team pumping up the shoes pumping up the shoes uh, for the FU. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was going to say his finisher was called the FU. The chain. Yeah, chain um, gang. The chain gang. And then he had the backwards hats. Word life. Knuckles. Life. Yeah, you know, that that was cool, man. That was fresh. I was a big fan of John Cena during I, that I liked it. Um, I really liked it. I thought, I was like, man, this guy. It's edgy. It's edgy. And then at first I thought, man, this guy, man, I don't know. If, I mean, it's edgy, but I'm like, how long is this going to last? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, you know, he took the later, years later, he took that same character and just... Morph it. Morphed it, which we'll cover later on. But the, the early part of Cena's career was for the Ruthless Aggression was huge. It was. Very, it, it very was, huge, yeah. Um, they knew they had a star in the mm-hmm. making. They just didn't know how big of a star they had. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go ahead and, and continue. I think we'll stop mm-hmm. at WrestleMania 20 for tonight. Yeah, yeah, um, we're we're getting we're rolling towards the end, finishing up a few uh, more things. Um, because after WrestleMania twenty, that's like Brock leaves. Brock leaves. Uh, yeah. Triple H is on the last really big year that he. I mean, he had last big years couple after big years. But, yeah, but this like two thousand four to oh five was like the last. Well, he starts making more stars. Yeah, I mean, we, he drops the title to Benoit at twenty, and then twenty one, you know, he drops to Batista. We'll yeah. cover all that. Yeah, you know, twenty two. Yeah, he put Cena over. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. So, um, again, I don't know how people say Trilogy buries everybody, um, but we'll we'll touch on that. Like we're going, you know, we talked about Cena rise. Um, let's talk about on Raw. We get uh, they tried to turn Randy Orton face from Evolution. They did. Um, which that was in it was it was it was later part of 04, which I know we're not going to cover that, but we started seeing the seeds turn. We did. Um, they really wanted to try to make Orton the first big star they out did. of Evolution. Yeah, Orton was ready. Um, Orton he, was he, ready. He was ready. He the phenomenal Intercontinental Title run. Yeah, like seven um, months. The Legend Killer. Yeah. thing was was great. It was great. I mean, he was dropping you know Harley Race, May Young, Jake Roberts. I mean, he beat Sean in one on one matches and. They wanted to try to, and you first started seeing the seeds planted. Um, he, I think it, there was one, like a few rolls where Triple H kind of told him to watch his head. Yeah. You know, because he was getting a big Get, head. Hot-headed, getting big head, yeah. And, you know, Randy's like walking around like I'm the legend killer. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, Triple H is like, you know, you need to watch yourself because yeah. I'm still a top guy yeah, around here. Exactly. So they started planting the seeds for that. Like I said, we're not going to talk a whole lot about that because that is in the later part of 04. Um, let, let's, I, I know it's controversial subject with Crispin Wall, but let's talk a little bit about that. Um, he really started coming up on SmackDown. He did. Um, I love, we've talked about this, just me and you BS and I love the angle they had with him and Paul Heyman. Cause at this time, Paul Heyman's the, 
general manager on SmackDown. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love the angle they built with him and Paul Heyman on SmackDown. It was, yeah, it was all about Heyman's, like, Ben Wall, you, you're a great wrestler, but you, you've never grabbed that brass ring. You can't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and Ben Wall's, you know, prove me wrong or whatever, you know. The the one time he actually won the world title, uh, WCW tried to give it to him in a last-ditch effort to keep him. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm, I, don't want I already signed it. it yeah, my and they contract. did it anyways. <laughs> yeah, and they did it anyways. He drops it that night. That yeah. was just dysfunction WCW. But he comes to WWF. Mm-hmm. And he has, he actually was a pretty big star in the later part. He was. He had a lot of good matches. Well, I mean, as soon as he came into WWE, I mean, he started out mid-card boom. I mean, you know, he won the Intercontinental title within mm-hmm. six months of being there. Him and Rock um, have good stuff. Him good and Rock stuff. had an amazing world title match, fully loaded that yeah. one year. Yeah. 2000 or 01, 2000. whatever it was. Great match. Ben Wall, they, originally Ben Wall, they had Ben Wall win that match. Mm-hmm. And then The Rock, you know. Kept ref, the title. Kept the title. Uh, ben Wall said he got back to the locker room. He had like a thousand texts from his friends. Like, congratulations, you won the. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, with him and Heyman, you know, and, and Heyman makes him the number one entrant. Like, well, you number one, you'll never win the Rumble. Now, there's only been one person to do which it. Which was Sean. Michaels. That was Sean. Yeah. Um, that was some good stuff. Heyman was playing the Hill GM. Yeah, it was great. And, and uh, of course, at that time, uh, Brock was champion. Brock was champion. And you know. Brock was a Heyman guy. Yeah. Um, so and I, and I told you that we talked about this too real quick. I won't spend a lot of time on it, but I always kind of wish – I know Lesnar was leaving after WrestleMania 20. He said he – and that's probably why they didn't have Ben Wall face Lesnar. Mm-hmm. But I think a Ben Wall-Lesnar match could have tore the house down at WrestleMania 20. It would have. Not that – because, well, Brock's match and Goldberg was awful. But uh, the, the triple threat match with Ben Wall, Sean, Triple H worked good too. It was a great match. It did. I felt like, honestly, I didn't buy into Eddie's world title run i didn't buy into the world title run at all and i felt like i felt like it was more of a way just to get the title off lesnar that's what it was um and then a lot of fans really liked it because they were they they were tired of seeing this you know the vince guys Mm -hmm. they wanted to see their guys win the title eddie was their guy i always respected eddie's in-ring work i did he was great on the mic too funny Mm -hmm. latino heat um you know had some great storylines over years with you know with china and then you know mama seat to stuff then the lie cheating still but i'm like you i never really bought in eddie's title reign um i just kind of going back to the booger t thing i just never bought him as the world champion i feel like if they would have had uh triple h and sean but then also that that goes to show like like, we had already gotten those guys as world champions. It's we time did. for someone new. It was. And so, like I said, it worked out good. It did. Uh, we had a phenomenal match between uh, Angle and Eddie at WrestleMania 12. Yeah, which led to, you know, I mean. I mean, great match, too. But I just always, in the back of my head, I'm like, man. They ben had Wall, a perfect opportunity. Ben Wall and Brock could have tore the house down. Especially, but, like I was leading up to, Brock is a pain guy. Yeah. You know, they could have built off Always that has more. been. Yeah. Always has been. If they would have had uh, Ben Wall go mm-hmm. win the Rumble, go on the face Brock yeah. at Mania, take the title. Brock leaves, and yeah. he really sticks it to Heyman. Mm-hmm. You know that would have been that would have been some good writing. But I understand what what they did. Yeah. They had to do what they had to do. And they, I mean, in all in all, it did turn out great. We only just got the awful Lesnar Goldberg match where the fans are chanting for Austin. Yeah, because Austin's the which honestly going back to 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 wrap up. I really enjoyed the build up to that. Yeah. Um, as a young kid watching, it was kind of like the first. Like, oh, yeah, like 
he's on SmackDown, but yeah. he's going to Raw. Mm-hmm. Or this guy's on SmackDown. He's or Raw. He's I, going to SmackDown. I tell you one thing, real quick. We got about ten minutes before we wrap up. Before we we kind of skipped over the Austin being the co-general manager of Raw. Tell me some of your favorite moments of that in 03. Um, with uh, <laughs> okay, I, th- I think well, I'll tell you one of my favorites. You know, uh, when Linda McMahon came out. Yes, and, but. Not when she first introduced us, Austin, when all the wrestlers was complaining that Austin was beating them up. Mm-hmm. And Lenny comes out and was like, Steve, you can't be kicking everybody's ass on the show. And Austin's like, why not? She's like, because you're an authority figure. They're, they are wrestlers. And she's like, so you cannot touch anybody unless you're physically provoked. And every week, Austin would do something to try to get somebody to hit him. Yeah, he would. He would get somebody's face like, what are you going to do about it? Hit me. I'm begging you to hit me. Yeah. Somebody come out here and hit me. And at one time, Jericho pats him on the shoulder. Yeah. And Austin's like, and he just turns up, beats the hell out of Jericho. That was probably <laughs> some of my favorite stuff. I just love how um, my favorite thing with, with the Austin and, you know, mm-hmm. as being the co-general manager, it was like him and Eric always had something every week. It was, it, it was a cat and mouse game every It was week. like... It was like take Austin McMahon and put a comedy spin on it. It was, what and it you was. get McMahon. Well, they played, or, or you get Bischoff and Austin. They played a lot of it too, off of you know because Bischoff fired Austin Vila yep. via mail uh-huh. or phone call. So they played off that a little bit, and uh, it was it was it was some great TV. It made Monday nights must must watch because you never knew what they was going to do. Remember the one pay per view where Austin got Bischoff drunk up in the skybox, <laughs> yeah, feeding him hot dogs and beer and. Austin's like, what's wrong, Eric? You can't stand it with the big boys. And Bishop's like, I can do it. And he pukes all the yeah. crowd. I like when there was one <laughs> I remember watching where, um, and this, this happened quite a few times, but Eric would make a decision, an executive decision. Right. And they'd be like, well, Austin said otherwise. Yeah. Damn it, that's Steve Austin. <laughs> When Bischoff tried to get rid of the Intercontinental title, he unified did. it, and Austin's like, some jackass tried to unify the one of the greatest belts of all time, and Austin brings it back. Yeah, it was it was it was, it was great. They was always trying to one up each other, and usually Bischoff it didn't work because they tried them. to they tried to make the only uh, I think it was only two belts on Raw at the time. That's what it was was the world title and the women's title. And, yeah, and your tag team that was it. Yeah, that so you didn't have any mid card belts. Which was stupid. Uh, it was horrible. I don't know where that came from. Vince, Shane, Stephanie, Kevin, I don't know, but it was awful. Well, so. you know, at that time, there were, it was, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, and, and just to wrap it up, you know. I know there's things we, we probably missed, guys, on this. We're going to do another episode, and. Uh, it's hard to get It's everything. hard to get everything. We're going to do a second part of Ruthless Aggression to cover, you know, um, Oh, the rest of 04 and 05 and touch on 06 a little bit too. 07, just a just tad. Because yeah, um, so. that was really the end of it. Yeah, so but, we, got, we got a lot of material still to go, but I, I've personally loved this. It's one of my favorites I think we've done. Yeah. There's some good memories. Yeah, dude. That's some a, of the best TV WWE did. Um, and I, it mean, was, I, I know the Attitude Air is the top notch, but I, I love the Ruthless Aggression. I thought it was great. There's one... My, my favorite's <clears throat> coming up because I really enjoyed the later part um, I enjoyed the return of DX. Which, oh yeah, we'll oh, definitely talk yes. about that, guys. We got so much more to talk about our next. Day. We got you know, the rise of Batista. Cena's coming into his own. You know, like I said, Triple H is winding down with Evolution. We got you know the feud him and Batista had was magic. 
The Return of DX. Return of DX then coming up. We we got so much to cover there's, in our next episode. There's a lot. We got some good stuff. Um the JBL Hill Run. JBL Hill Run. Oh, um, that was that was so memorable. I know we talked about Undertaker, uh, King, Special, King Booker, in our last episode. But the original Dead Man comes back. We got a lot to cover in our next episode. It's gonna be great. 2004 and on was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, pretty good stuff. Yeah, I love JBL's Hill Run. The Cabinet. Oh, it was great. We we'll also get the return of the ECW One Night Stand, which the first two pay per views they did was pretty dang good. Extremely crappy wrestling. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, the only the only reason uh, JBL was champion is because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesday night. Oh, that was magic. That was magic. Paul Heyman, damn, that was rough. Oh, I, he's right, though. <laughs> he is right. He's I mean, right. I mean, I love JBL. I love JBL. Don't get me wrong. Run, and and J, JBL was one of those guys that SmackDown didn't have anybody. Which he, we'll, deserved, he deserved a good yeah, run. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that going... Because there's, there's a whole story behind JBL's there championship is. run. Yeah. And it involves Brock leaving and John Cena's not yet ready. Yeah. So, But anyway, thanks for listening. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor Podcasts. The only, only way, way to, to podcast. podcast. And we will be back for part two of Ruthless Aggression, mm-hmm. cover 2004 yep. to 07-ish. And then um, we are also going to jump into uh, some different material, like we yeah. had talked about on the last episode of the. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is, we're kicking off season two. You know, the Undertaker special was our season or season two premiere. Yeah, we got a lot of content to come for we had our gotten, second season. We had gotten the fan uh, email about doing things with rivalries. Yes, and we're still going to do that. Um, keep listening. That, that we're definitely going to hit that. Planning It'll be a good that. episode. We're planning that. It'll be in season two, guys. So um, listen for it. And we we we're mm-hmm. also going to continue with the superstar specials. Yeah, we got several of those planned as well. Um, um, we mentioned tag teams. I'd like to get a tag team episode. We got so much, guys. Our brains are just rattling with information, yeah, which I is think, scary. I think now that, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I don't have an IQ of 146 for nothing. Right. <laughs> but no, I think the, the you know, we, we're actually, man, we, we've got some good stuff planned. We and, do. Um, I'm excited. You know, and, and now that we're kind of finishing up on our our uh, timeline, mm-hmm. you know, now we can start focusing on some detailed we so. can. I mean, we can. I mean, if there's a certain pay-per-view or show that you guys really liked over the years, send it to us in an email. We're down to cover a Pacific show, cover the matches, some of the background behind it. That email address um, is uh, dhaney, H-A-N-E-Y, 896 at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, send me any idea, any requests. Uh, like I said, we've gotten some fan emails you know, and, and the one that stuck out was the rivalry one. Because I'm like, yeah. hey, that's a good idea. I never even thought of that. Yeah, guys, my email, too, is um, jacob.smith, S-M-I-T-H, 411 at Yahoo. Um, either one of us, um, listen to those email addresses. Send us some ideas, guys. We'll, yeah. we'll throw them out there, future episodes. Yeah, so uh, we will be back for uh, part two. Yep, yeah. thanks, guys.